Today on the Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about adhesives. This is episode 26. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. Today, as you might have guessed, we are talking about adhesives and there are so many different options, each of them suited for a variety of uses. Now, I know it's been a while since I've had an episode. It's been crazy busy uh, due to COVID-affected stuff. And I also have something a little different before we get in. I have a dedication for this episode. Today's episode is dedicated to Ophelia, my biggest fan. Ophelia is a lovely chicken And she used to very much enjoy listening to my episodes and settling down to a nap. And sadly, Ophelia passed away. And um, I think of that very special little chicken every time I sit down to record a podcast. And I thought, you should know about her too. She was lovely. And I'll put a picture of her on the blog and you'll find the blog post linked in the show notes. But right now, I think we should get into this thing about adhesives because there are so many choices and choosing the right one (laughs) makes a huge difference to your project. Now, over the years, I've found that adhesives fall into one of three categories, spray adhesives, liquid adhesives and dry adhesives. Having a sound understanding of the strengths and the weaknesses, pros and cons of each different kind of adhesive, this is beneficial to all crafters. Having a good knowledge of what the different adhesives have to offer can save your hard work and your beautiful project from a tragic end at the hands of poor glue choices. So let's start with spray adhesives. Spray adhesives also fall into two categories aerosol spray and pump spray. One of the benefits of a spray adhesive is you can cover a large area really quickly. Just a fine mist of adhesive is going to do the job. So if you're working on something quite large, like basting a quilt top to the batting, spray adhesive is widely used for this. It's also handy if you're working on something that is quite intricate, like a very detailed die cut shape for the paper crafters. There are times when applying liquid glue would not only be messy, but by the time you get from one end to the other, the glue you applied first is going to be dry and the whole exercise would have been an enormous waste of time. So while you could use a double-sided adhesive on an intricate die-cut shape, sometimes that can turn out to be quite expensive. So you kind of need to weigh your options. First, let's talk about basting sprays for quilters. When I was preparing this episode, I talked to Marnie from Frankenstein's Fabric. Uh, She's my long arm quilter and you met her back in episode five when we talked about the top 10 things you need to start quilt making. I'll link to that episode in case you missed it. Uh, If you are sending your quilt top, your backing and your wadding to your long arm quilter, there is no need to spray baste. In fact, they ask you not to. Because of the way quilting machines are set up, the top the wadding and the backing, they're all fed through different rollers in this very clever system. So if you were to spray baste, it would all need to be pulled apart. So always check with your long arm quilter before you use any type of of adhesive and do some spray basting. However, if you are quilting your project at home and pinning 
isn't an option for you, using a spray adhesive is a great way to hold it all together. Manu recommends spray adhesives only be used for smaller projects, absolutely nothing larger than a double bed-sized quilt. I was surprised that she actually recommended you go that big. Personally, I wouldn't use it for anything bigger than a single bed quilt. This is because the larger your project is, the more you're kind of handling it under and around your machine. And the more you handle it, the more likely it is that the glue is going to start pulling apart. So her recommendation as the best basting spray adhesive is 505. And uh, her hot tip is to press it to ensure optimal adhesion. I'm going to link to a blog post that Marnie's writing about spray adhesives. If it's not ready to go when you're listening to this live, it will be shortly. So feel free to check back over on the blog because the link will go there as soon as I have it. Uh, So if you want to learn more about spray basting your quilts, you can check that out. There is another pitfall to adding a spray adhesive to fabric sewing projects or using fabrics that have glue in the mix. I remember having major issues with some glue that was in a sequined fabric I was using to make sparkly red doll shoes many years ago. The manufacturer of the fabric changed the adhesive. So I I never had problems with it, but then this new batch came out. From then on, whenever I stitched through that fabric, the sewing machine needle would be gummed up with glue about every three or four stitches. So I had to keep eucalyptus oil by the machine. I was constantly cleaning the needle as it picked up adhesive between the sequins and the fabric. It took 20 times longer to sew those little dolly shoes than it should have. And I quickly found a substitute fabric that made less sticky mess. So if you're stitching through fabric that has adhesive added, remember to check your sewing machine needle as you go and clean it when necessary. While there are some downsides to using an aerosol spray adhesive, there are some upsides as well. Look, one press of a button and an even application will have a large area covered with a fine mist of adhesive very quickly. If you have arthritis or mobility issues with your hands, a pump spray or pinning a quilt together may be completely out of the question. It's also handy if you're in a hurry and this job just has to be done. Personally, I prefer not to use aerosol adhesive sprays. That's just my preference, mostly for environmental reasons, but also I don't want to breathe it in either. It's a very fine mist. A pump spray adhesive is something I would consider, though, for intricate dyes. I do a lot of card making and I have some beautiful intricate dyes. And I have to confess, I don't use them all that much because it can be difficult to apply adhesive to the back. I'm, I'm Right now, I'm wishing I had spent more time at the E6000 booth at Creativation to learn more about their spray adhesives because their pump spray looks really good. Regardless of which kind of spray adhesive you choose, make sure that you follow the instructions when you're finished to clear the nozzle so that it doesn't become gummed up. Remember, you are spraying glue. It's sticky. So follow those instructions so you don't end up throwing away a full container because the nozzle can't be saved. Now let's look at the next category of adhesives and talk about liquid adhesives. One of my fondest memories crafting in the late 70s and the 80s is using old school clear craft glue. If you've used it, you know, you know that distinctive craft glue smell, uh, which definitely needed to be used in a well-ventilated space. Like everyone else, my favourite part about it was going, oh no, I got glue on my hands. Now I have to peel it off moment. You know that one? I cannot be alone here. Someone please tell me that you used to do that as well. Now I don't use that kind of glue anymore. I don't do that kind of craft, but 
back then there was less choice when it came to adhesive. Yes, of course, you can still buy it and it's useful for a lot of things, but we have more options now. There are also two things that this old school clear craft glue does not do well. Uh, do not use it on polystyrene. It will melt your polystyrene thanks to a bit of a chemical reaction. I mean, it's kind of cool, but it will melt your polystyrene and render it unusable. So if you need to use an adhesive on polystyrene, I recommend you use a white glue like a white wood glue because it's not going to damage your piece. The other thing you need to keep clear craft glue away from is fabric. It will soak the fabric 100% and when it dries, it dries hard and stiff and it will likely also change the colour of your fabric. It is very obvious and crunchy and gross. A very popular liquid glue is white glue, also known as wood glue. Wood workers use it, of course, but it is amazing for other applications and there are different versions and variations on it. White craft glue sticks pretty much anything to anything. In the craft industry, there are all these different kinds, different brands. My personal favourite is Tombow Mono Liquid Glue. Oh, man, I love that stuff. I love it so much. I'm actually really excited. I've just found a new Australian supplier and I finally restocked it in the shop. I will link to it in the show notes. Look, I've been using it for well over a decade and one of those little bottles lasts me a really long time, like years, five, six, seven years. The bottle is double-ended with a fine applicator tip on one end and a broad silicon chisel shaped applicator on the other end. Mostly I use a fine applicator, but occasionally if I need to spread that glue out over a large area, I'll use that wider silicon chisel, but I don't use it very much. This glue does a fantastic job. And if a little bit of glue does get caught up and dry in the nozzle, it's actually quite quick and easy to clear it out. The other thing I love is this glue is also dual purpose because it acts as both a permanent and a temporary adhesive. If you're wondering, how is this even possible? I will tell you. When you apply the liquid glue, it's white. And if you stick it straight down, that is permanent adhesion. However, if you apply the glue to your project and wait until it dries clear, then stick it down, it is a temporary adhesive. It's archival. It's acid-free, it's safe to use, and everything you could possibly wish for in a liquid glue. Another adhesive that also pulls double duty is Glossy Accents by Ranger. So not only is Glossy Accents a great adhesive, but it also creates a shiny accent spot on your project, hence why it is named Glossy Accents. Its adhesive qualities are really strong, but its spot gloss capabilities are also amazing. Some of the places I like to apply gloss are on stamped coloured images, like, like on the glasses of a little um, person or a critter, or to make balloons look shiny over die-cut letters so they really stand out. These accent adhesive combo products are also really great for sticking down sequins or creating dimensional dewdrops on flowers. So there's um, other products as well, like like Nouveau Crystal Glaze by Tonic and Dimensional Magic. That's an old one. I've got a bottle of that on my desk. But I like the glossy accents because it comes in a mini bottle and I find it doesn't clog up and thicken like the others can do. I, like I said, I have a bottle of Dimensional Magic on my desk. It is almost full. I can't use it because the nib is clogged. I will probably purchase a small empty bottle with a fine nozzle and 
cut the top off the dimensional magic, pour it into the smaller bottle and I'll be able to use again. Some of the bottles have a pin in the top, which prevents clogging. But I think once I start storing them in my Make It by Marco upside down glue bottle storage stands, I'll have less trouble with clogged nibs. And yes, I will be stocking Make It by Marco very soon. I'm also finding that my Nouveau Crystal Drops is getting thicker, so it takes a little bit of effort to make it a rounded droplet. It's more like a pointy chocolate drop at this point. It does make great dew drops, though, when it all evens out. Another fantastic adhesive that I personally like, also by Ranger, is called Multi-Matte Medium or Multi-Matte Medium. It is similar to Glossy Accents in that it's a very strong adhesive, but it's also the polar opposite because it's not glossy, it's matte, hence the name. It not only goes on clear and dries clear, but it also dries matte. So if you use it on something and accidentally a little teeny bit of glue oozes out, it's really not a problem because it does dry matte. So there's not a little glossy puddle of adhesive there, which I really like. It's not very obvious. Again, you can get it in a very small bottle, which I love because even if it does get clogged, again, it's easy to clean up and uh, sort out the nozzle. And it's really good for intricate die cuts and tiny little things like sequins or beads or to put behind the knot of a bow that's tied from a fine thread. Now as with clear craft glue if you are going to use a liquid adhesive on fabric you should really test it first even when using liquid glue on paper or cardstock. If you use too much the card or paper can absorb excess liquid and it is going to warp. It's a common problem. Usually you just need a small amount of glue around the edges because these days the adhesives are so strong even when they're used sparingly. However if you do get a little warping as you do when you apply water to a watercolour paper there are a couple of things that can help flatten that piece out. You could try running it through your die cutting machine between your plates possibly also with a shim to apply some pressure and flatten the cardstock out alternatively you can pop it under a big stack of heavy books overnight and you should have something nice and flat in the morning let's switch now to our last category and that is dry adhesives dry adhesives generally fall into two categories again we've got our subcategories one is a peel off kind of scenario and the other is a heat activated adhesive let's talk about peel off first because these come in a lot of different forms we'll start with the one i use most and that is double-sided tape this has been around forever and it could be a regular double-sided tape which i use a lot for cards or a foam double-sided tape which gives you a bit of dimension when you pick up the roll, it's not sticky, but as you peel the tape, you find it's sticky underneath. You can cut it or tear it to size, you stick it down, and then you can peel away the paper backing, which is also referred to as release paper. Sometimes it's on a roll, sometimes it's pre-cut strips or squares, but whichever way it's laid out and packaged, it is sticky on one side and has a peel away paper backing on the other. When I first started scrapbooking, I used double-sided adhesive squares called photo squares. I still have a bunch of them. I would peel the square off the roll, stick it down, and then peel the paper backing off the square. One of my favourite things about double-sided tape is that it is available in a lot of different widths. The one I use the most is 3mm. That's as small as it gets. Although I started with 6mm, sometimes I use 12mm. I have all three rolls of sizes on my desk. My favourite brand is Express It. 
It's acid-free. It's strong. Uh, you can even get a high-tack one if you want it to be a little bit more. I will link to those uh, in the show notes as well. But it also comes in really wide rolls, like 18 millimetres, 24, 36, 48, 100, 800, and even 1,020 millimetres. That is seriously wide and perfect if you need to apply a full coverage of adhesive with no sticky mess. You're also not going to get warping like you would with a liquid glue. You can also get A4 and letter-sized sheets of double-sided adhesive like the Express It or Stick It brands. So if you are cutting out a large and very intricate die, you can first apply double-sided tape or sheeting to the back of the cardstock. The die will cut through your cardstock as well as that adhesive on the back. So essentially you're creating a die cut sticker. All you need to do to stick it down is peel away that release paper and stick it. Much simpler than placing tiny little dots of liquid adhesive to all the little touch points on the back of your very lacy, intricate die cut shape. And less messy than a spray adhesive. All three will do the job, but it's up to you which you choose. That choice is going to be different for everyone. Spray adhesive is quick and easy, but not good for those with asthma or breathing issues. Glue is not great for people in a hurry or who are not blessed with a light hand. And very wide rolls or sheets of double-sided tape can be quite expensive. So there's a lot to consider and it's kind of a personal choice. You have to decide what is right for you at the time. Another fun dry adhesive is the Xyron Sticker Maker. I have a couple of them. It's a small tool that applies an even amount of adhesive to fiddly or small pieces. It has replaceable cartridges with options for permanent or temporary adhesive, which is great. Back in my scrapbooking days, I invested in the original Sizzix machine, the one with the pull-down handle. Does anyone remember those? I bought a lot of alphabet dies, which I use for my page titles. And a lot of those alphabets had these tiny letters and they often had a coordinating shadow die, which was really great. Applying liquid adhesive to them was, it was really time consuming and it would get a bit messy. So what I did is I invested in a small Xyron sticker maker. It's kind of shaped like an X and I would drop them into there and I would do a big batch of them at a time. Now, the reason I batched the letters, putting them through all at once was because there's a bit of waste at the beginning of each sticker making session from where you needed to pull the adhesive strip through to tear it off. So to minimize waste, I would do lots and lots of letters at once. Now, sometimes with this, you will get little stringy bits of adhesive showing here and there, like in the gaps of the letters, like the circle in the middle of an A, but it's not difficult to get rid of those. And I will come back and circle around to that in a moment. Now let's switch from peel back adhesives to heat activated adhesives. These are mostly used for sewing and fabric related projects. We'll start with iron on pellon. Oh man, I love iron on pellon, really any pellon. It doesn't have to be iron on. It's like a really light wadding. I adore it for embroidery projects. A little pellon behind the fabric really grounds the stitches and gives gives the whole thing a bit of dimension. But I mostly use the iron-on pellon if I'm making kind of smaller projects like zip pouches and having that adhesive bonded to the fabric helps it all stay in place and I'm a lot less likely to miss a bit of the wadding and, and miss catching it in a seam. So I'm a big fan of that and I actually have used a, a really nice light pellon for a quilt that I did actually for our Japanese exchange student Mao. I made her a beautiful quilt 
from Australian print fabrics to take home and I knew she'd be pressed for space in her luggage so I used Pellon as a light wadding in her quilt. So you can use Pellon for great things and it, it it's a wonderful, it's very easy to iron on. I recommend pressing on from the fabric side for that particular adhesive. It's very similar to the next one which is iron-on interfacing. Now, I have done a lot of dressmaking in my years. I have been making clothes since I was about 12 years old and interfacing it, it helps stabilise important parts of clothing like collars and button fronts and facings. And yes, iron-on interfacing might be a little bit more expensive than non-iron-on, but there's more security in it, knowing it's going to definitely be caught into a seam and not wriggle its way out because it can be a little bit slippery. You do need to be careful with it, though, because it's all too easy to get bubbling in the fabric if it's not properly adhered. So iron-on interfacing is an excellent example of a heat activated adhesive double-sided fusible webbing paper now you may be thinking you've never heard of such a thing but if I call it by one of its brand names like Vlyasafix or Heat and Bond maybe you'll be a bit more familiar with that this is a product that is usually available by the meter like interfacing but the rolls are significantly smaller the adhesive on this is on both sides so one has the adhesive exposed. It's a dry adhesive. It's not sticky. It's kind of like iron-on interfacing. And the other side has adhesive, but it is covered with release paper like double-sided tape. It's it's an unusual creature. Uh, this Vlyzafix is especially excellent for applique. So you can iron a piece of the this fusible paper onto your fabric, cut out the shape, peel off the release paper and you can put it wherever you like. It's not sticky until it's heat activated. So find where you need to place the shape, put it onto your project, press it with the iron. Of course, making sure the sticky side is down. We want the fabric side up, sticky side down. Press it onto your project and the heat is going to activate the adhesive and stick to your fabric. The benefit of doing this instead of just pinning your applique shape to your project base and hoping for the best is that it's not going to move or stretch as you stitch around those raw edges with a satin stitch, either by hand or on your sewing machine. I always found it so frustrating doing applique when I was a teenager and in my early 20s until I discovered proper kind of Vlyzafix fusible paper. Oh, my stitching always ended in a different place than where it started when I went around a circle and I had puckers in the shape that I was trying to stitch on the base. Uh, when I was doing a lot of craft swaps a few years ago, I used it on some very intricately cut pieces for some mini quilts that I did. I, they're in the episode I did on craft swaps. I'll link to that in the show notes as well because you can see photos there. And I did matchstick quilting over them. I didn't actually, because they were small mini quilts for display, they weren't going to be used. I could leave raw edges. And honestly, those projects turned out amazing. Now, let's talk about mending patches and hemming tape. Sometimes you can hand stitch something to mend it and sometimes you cannot. For example, personal example, I made some new clothes, like kind of like short dresses or long tops to wear with leggings for my overseas trip in January. Uh, this is the first time I have done any dressmaking for myself in well over a decade, probably more like two. And I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I recently realised, though, that while I was making one of those tops, I had accidentally snipped the front of one of the panels with my scissors. There is a hole in it. It is a clean cut. Yes, I could stitch it to mend it, but it's actually going to be really obvious because it's front and centre. 
I have decided that the smart thing for me to do is to get a thin mending patch and carefully iron it onto the back of the fabric. I feel like it will just sit better and be less obvious than hand stitching. This is the type of thing used for mending holes in the knees of jeans, although these days I think the trend is actually to put holes in your jeans on purpose. Who knows? But if you're looking for a quick mending piece of kit that is no-sew, you can use iron-on mending patches. Likewise, hemming tape is a quick fix for a hem that just needs to be secured right now. Personally, that's not something I use, but in a pinch, you know, if you need it, it's going to do the job. It's double-sided, so you can just put it around the hem of the pants and then fold it up, press it, and the hem is just fused there. It's not going to last very long, especially through the wash, but it's fast and you can always remove it and stitch the hem properly or take it to your local alterations expert later when you have time. The last adhesive we'll talk about is kind of a split between two categories, so I thought I'd leave it till last. It's both a heat-activated adhesive and a liquid adhesive. It's hot glue! I have personally never met a crafter who doesn't own a hot glue gun or has never used hot glue in their life. It is great for a lot of things, but not for everything. It is thick and goopy, therefore it's not great for stuff like scrapbooking, card making, dressmaking, etc. What it does do well is general crafts, and you can use it on wood, metal, ceramics, glass, even some plastics. It's versatile, it works really well on porous surfaces, and because of that thick goopiness, it's great for adhering uneven surfaces and filling in gaps. Now, it should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. A hot glue gun is hot. You need to be very, very careful because that hot glue can cause some very nasty burns. This is not a tool for children. And I think we have all suffered at the hands of some stray hot glue at least once or twice in our lives. The most annoying thing about hot glue is all those little stringy bits. And to avoid them, I like to make sure that the barrel touches the surface I'm applying glue to. Then I wipe it off swiftly as I pull up and give it a twist. And that seems to do the job for me. You will need a heat resistant surface to stand or rest your glue gun on in between applications. And it is just going to make a mess. Once that glue goes from solid stick and is heated and is liquid, it's just going to ooze out the end. It just happens. It's not a lot you can do about it. You will need more glue sticks than you think, and and they come in different sizes. So make sure that you get the glue sticks that are the right size for your glue gun. So now we've talked about all the things that stick things to other things, and I bet you didn't think anyone could talk about adhesives for so long, but there you go. If anyone can do it, it would be me. Before winding up, though, I wanted to mention some other tools that are handy if you are using adhesives. Let's start with an adhesive eraser. Now, remember earlier I talked about my Xyron sticker maker and how sometimes there are little stringy bits of exposed adhesive left after running my die cuts through. Or think about those times when there's a little liquid glue that oozes its way out from the edges, no matter how careful you are. Having exposed adhesive is a little bit unsightly, but it also means that your hard work can quickly be undone because if your beautiful handmade card gets stuck inside the envelope from oozy glue, it can be torn. The adhesive eraser is dominantly a paper crafting tool and it is brilliant at removing dried adhesive from your work surface or from your project and it's inexpensive. It works quickly, 
and effectively and honestly, they last forever. I've had mine for over 10 years and I've barely worn down the corners of it. It's one of those tools you buy once in your lifetime and the only reason you'd buy another is if you lose it or someone else takes it and borrows it and doesn't give it back and you need another one. It's very handy to have on your desk whenever you're working with glue or you know you're going to need to remove it from the project. I think the only time it hasn't worked for me was when I was trying to remove some adhesive from my tonic Tim Holtz glass medium mat. Tim's advice actually is to use hand sanitizer, which I tried, and it worked a treat. Isocol or a little vodka would probably also do the trick. You know, depends how precious you are with your vodka and if you can get your hands on isocol it's a little difficult at the moment i will link in the show notes to the xyron adhesive eraser and i also have the tonic uh, glass mats in the shop as well the next one is for the sewers when you are sewing fabric that has an adhesive element it might be no problem at all or it might be a right royal pain so remember i talked about when i had my doll making business and i was sewing little sequin fabric shoes (laughs) Honestly, the only thing I can think of was that the sequin adhesive had been changed in that fabric. And, oh, my goodness, every three stitches, I was literally just turning the wheel and stitching by hand because every three three stitches that needle got gummed up. I have the same issue with scissors when I'm cutting rubber stamps with freshly applied easy mount on the back. So for those super sticky gummy things that are affecting your scissors, your sewing needles, the best solution I have found is to keep some eucalyptus or tea tree or orange oil on my desk and a few cotton pads or cotton buds. The oils cut through the adhesives, they clean up the needle or the scissor blades really quickly with the bonus of making my crafting space smell really nice as well. Lastly, I can't forget to mention a product called Undo. You can purchase it from craft stores sometimes, but you can get it at Bunnings or your local hardware store. It is an adhesive neutralizer. It's the safest way to remove photos that have been stuck into an old album to avoid future damage. If you have stuck down a bunch of stickers in your planner and you want to move them or reuse them, you can use this Undo product. So when you apply it, It soaks the sticker or the photo and it also soaks the surface that it's on and it neutralizes the adhesive. So while it is soaked and the adhesive has been neutralized, you can safely remove the photo from the album or take the sticker off the page. Just set it aside and once the undo evaporates, that adhesive is now reactivated. It is safe to use with photos archivists use it people who are doing you know uh, old document archiving they use this particular kind of product as well and it's not going to damage your surface damage your stickers damage your photos at all once it has evaporated it's done it's essentially an anti-adhesive which is why it's in the special mentions section at the end as I said at the beginning, when you know the pros and cons of each different type of adhesive, you can make better choices for the project you're working on. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but it will get you started on making great adhesive choices that will give you an amazing finish for your next craft project. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.